0: It was just about applying myself and if I was able to apply myself and put in the hard work, uh, the next steps were inevitable.
1: So welcome again to season four of An Endless Life on Your Terms. As always, we have another special guest, but this one I've got to say is a little bit extra special for me especially. It's my older brother, Zen Christoffi. Zen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Chris obviously chemistry is very very important when it comes to business a lot of people say work with family some say don't it's great when it works it's hard when it doesn't but we've worked side by side on this is our fifth occasion now from hospitality to sales to real estate and as i said it's it's a it's an honor of mine because i've learned so much from you but what's some of the stories i mean we share so many similarities we're different in certain areas but our work ethics very similar. I think I'm definitely more of a smart ass than you. That was always been the case. You're more uh, relaxed, more calm than I always was. But what, what are some of the things you'll share with people that they might not know about me or you growing up? Some funny stories. Some of your annoying traits? Well, I've got a lot of annoying traits, but go on. You might as well share them. I do like to annoy people. Well, I am a mature.
0: Um, look, there's obviously plenty of stories. Um, we'd have to roll the tape for
1: for many many for, hours for
0: many many hours to go through a number of them but a few things a, a few things that i remember uh, as a youngster you uh, you didn't take to getting stirred up too well you liked to stir up I do. but you didn't take to it too well so i remember many car rides um uh, when, when we were in the back seat and it was just the three of us our older brother was was probably out with his friends at the time um, but we'd be in the back seat me you and our sister um getting under your skin wasn't very difficult to do that so that was uh so so that was quite easy as a youngster um but I think as you sort of grew and when we moved uh, when we moved overseas I think you were about 10 years old at that stage and your personality you start to strengthen uh, your character started to come out um your your ability to then start giving it back uh came out and that was something that you did a lot with with our dad who, um, who, sa- who shares some similar traits with you as well. Um, but uh, again, he, he wasn't someone that, that, that took to it too well. Um, I remember we owned a supermarket for a number of years. Um, but uh, uh, back then, and you were a youngster, we both would work in the supermarket. So we'd be responsible for different things. I was taking care of filling the fridges, restocking and stuff like that as well. So once the tasks were passed on to me, I'd decide which tasks I want to do to and me. then I'd handball them of over course. to you as well um, but I remember dad was open for maybe about 16 18 hours a day um, and we had a, a room upstairs where maybe he'd go for a rest or or go to the bathroom or whatever um, and at the time if no one was there he'd put a sign on the door saying back in five minutes um so it used to be at the snooker hall which was a couple doors, a couple doors that down. Was, yeah, and whenever you would come back into the shop, whether it was to come and get something to eat or whatever, if you'd, if you'd seen that sign up on the door back in five minutes, you knew dad was up in the bathroom. Uh, so you'd stand at the register and yell out, hello, hello. <laughs> dad, would, <laughs> dad would, dad would be calling out. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> quickly run down,
1: quickly run down the stairs to find you at the bottom of the, he wasn't happy to, to see find me. you at the bottom of the supermarket. Um, you'd stand at one, um, at but one end of the that. aisle he'd try and chase you around I the aisle around the a gap number gap. of times
0: and then you're off uh, you're off and running so that was a couple of things that i remember growing up i remember the first time when i got my motorbike you're with one of your good friends uh chris um yep. and i just got my uh, car license at the time and uh you wanted to take my bike because i, I had, had a the car. red honda
1: civic i remember
0: yep um so then you decided to look you've got a car let me take your motorbike um, at the time, I don't think a ten-year-old should be driving a one-two-five around, um, but you were pretty persistent that you could do it. So I said to you, "Look, you can take the you can take the bike um, as as uh, you clean the car for me, and then you can take the bike for as long as you like." So I went upstairs, w- went to get ready. Cut the. You said the, don't
1: go on the main road. Yeah, I remember don't go on stay, the. Main.
0: You said stay where the back is because yeah. Cyprus are little side streets. So I thought, okay, if you drive around the side streets, there isn't gonna be any police. No one's gonna no one's going to see a 10 year old with his with his mate on the back driving around unlicensed. So I, I came back after about three or four minutes, didn't see my uh, car key was still there. So I knew you weren't doing anything with the car. The bike key was gone. So I'm like, okay, well, where is this guy? Walking around the streets, trying to find you, walk onto the main road, and I see you and your friend on one wheel, um, Uh, on one wheel as a 10 year old um on the bike so i quickly i quickly called you back to come back and get off the bike before the cops get you and stuff like that chased you your friend jumped off the bike you decided to jump off the bike as well i had to because you were going to get me
1: yeah i wasn't going to (laughs) stay
0: so you let me catch the bike of course then i could run chase you uh, chase you up the stairs locked yourself in lock yourself in the house and wouldn't allow me into the house. I think I necked myself coming up
1: the stairs. I remember vividly because when you came, Chris Sava ran off and I saw you coming for me. So I didn't put the stand on. So when you came to get me, I let the bike go. So you grabbed it. You put the stand on, I was running up the stairs. You went to kick me, but I was quicker. So you slipped on the stairs and necked yourself. Then I locked the door. I remember, I remember that. But another thing, when you were younger, you were actually, another thing people don't know about Zen. When he was 15, he was almost, he was a semi-professional skater. He was going to skate for Paul Peralta and go, over, go to America. So before we did that, he went to Cyprus and didn't have that opportunity. But he was a great skater. And he actually taught me to skate at nine years old. I was skating like six and 12-foot half pipes. And I remember he took me to the city. And I had the acid drop off something, which is basically the drop off. It was about as tall as my head. And he took me to the city. And I, I was went off the city the, square. I don't remember where yeah, it was. City and I went down and I fell. And I started, I hurt my knee. I was bleeding. You know, get back up. I cut my elbow and I think you go, unless you land it. I'm not taking you home. And I think I landed the fifth or sixth drop. I was bleeding on my knee, on my hand. And I remember you and Pat always would teach me. I was a very, uh, I don't know if stubborn was the word, but I'd never quit. I had a lot of guts about me. And even when I was fighting, Pat would never fight our fights. Even if it was against anyone, Pat, who's our older brother, who's a Commonwealth and two-time Australian champion. If it was always us fighting, he would always leave us still one-on-one and make it fair. He would never jump in if it was a fair fight. You did that with me as well. We always had to battle our own fights. You had to, with a skateboard, it was always, it was us doing our own thing. I I remember that. I think challenges
0: and adversity is what makes you grow as a person. So if everything's handed to you, it's, it's just so easy going forward. Without challenges and without adversity, you don't grow and develop as a person. And they're, they're the sorts of things that... You remember New Grove? Well, they're, they're the sorts of things that were instilled in us. Things were, uh, th- things were never given to us as youngsters. We, we had to, to work hard to achieve it. Um, and I, I think that that's
1: probably something that rubbed off on us. I'll, tell, I'll share one more funny story because I think this is a classic. I was always a shits as a young kid. And I was making fun of someone at school who happened to be three years older than me One of the toughest kids in my school, his name was Thano. He was a boxer represented Cyprus. I don't know what would compel me, so I was making fun of him at school. And while I was making fun of him, he was coming out me to get me, and I was continuing to make fun of him. I dropped He came on top of me, grabbed my shoulders and threw me down. My head hit the concrete, almost knocked me out. I tried to swing at him, but I was so weak. He gave me a couple more. The teacher threw him off me, Thano. And I remember within a few days, I started kickboxing. Because of my goal was within a year to go bash him, and I recall, thank God, it two months later he walked into the snooker call, Century Snooker School, and I started talking to him. We became friends. If we did, and I'm sure he would have bashed me for many, many, many years to come. But I remember, from being a shitster, teasing the wrong person, much which he older, did a number that, of times. I did, and I, I, but I learned my lesson that day. But I, I remember the action I took was go training, at uh with Michael to learn kickboxing for that goal and. Lucky he became friends with me at Snooker because I think I would have copped a couple more beltons. Some people have to learn the hard way, Chris. I definitely did that. Now you've been an entrepreneur for over 25 years, been self-employed. Tell us the start of the journey and how that's evolved into where, to where we are now. Well, I, uh, as you were saying, started uh, my businesses
0: over 25 years ago. Had a hospitality background, so worked with, um, with one of my cousins who actually owned a restaurant for a number of years. And working in that gave me a bit of a feel of, I suppose, what I would like to do in the future going forward. So there was always a goal to get into. To be a business I, owner, you mean? Be a business owner, open my own um, restaurants and cafes and things like that. Um, so worked hard to sort of uh, reach a management role, understand uh, the back end of the business, uh, understand what it took to, uh, to to run a successful restaurant. and. Um, Yeah, I started uh, working, obviously, extensive hours, putting some, uh, getting some financial backing and started uh,
1: my first restaurant at the age of 23. Because obviously, hospitality is important. And I remember the restaurant, it was actually Sales Williams. it was a very popular restaurant. And I think in all hospitality, you've got to be very, very good with people. I think one of your biggest strengths, obviously, knowing you as well so well is dealing with people. I think that really grounded all your other future endeavors that you were doing when you went into different roles? So after hospitality, you opened quite a few restaurants. You went from um, Mediterranean Choices to cafes and different things like that. That really grounded your ability. After the hospitality, what led you into the next role?
0: Well, uh, after being in hospitality, I think I was in it for about
1: 10 to 15 years at that
0: stage. Um, I decided that I, I wanted something new, a, a new challenge. Um, so back then looked at seek uh, seek.com, had a look at the Herald Sun, seeing what jobs were available, found a job in sports sales and marketing. So sports was actually what drew my attention. Um, I always loved sports from a young kid. So I thought, okay, let's let's head on in. Um, I went in to the office, which was in West Melbourne, uh, interviewed um, uh, with the owner then, his name was Dave, Dave Owen. Um, He told me a little bit about the role, what it involved. I said, okay there's an orientation day he invited me to the orientation day went through the orientation day thought uh this is something that uh, i could excel in and uh, again sports marketing was something that drew me to it so i was involved with that business for around about four years started as a merchandiser it was a it's a global marketing firm so I started as a merchandiser and there was opportunity for growth so a, another reason to why um I, I wanted to work with the organization uh, so i started in uh in the sales there as a merchandiser for around about nine months until I was able to build my own sales team. And within that, um, I was able to open up my own organization within, uh, within that company. Um, it took me around about nine months uh, to open up my own company. And uh, that's when I started WIT in uh, sales and marketing. So we worked with a number of different sporting organizations. So I worked with a lot of the AFL football clubs uh, with the league clubs and um, also the National Soccer League as well. Um, and during that time, I think I managed uh, up to fifty contractors. We did a lot of game day events, a either. lot of merchandising. Um, uh, so it, it was a great experience dealing with a lot of different people, clients, um, uh, also, uh, also dealing with uh, dealing with a number of different uh, a number of different people um, in the sales capacity as well, and. Training was uh, something that was front of mind for that organization. So they had over 800 officers um,
1: across the world. It was like 16, how many reps, 16,000? What was it worldwide? It was something obscene, there was, wasn't in it? 83 countries, uh, there was over 800 officers in 83 countries around the world. Which was, I think at the time, was one of the biggest around the world. I remember I worked with you briefly and it was a great schooling into understanding sales. You're gonna get a lot of no's before you get yeses. It was a lot of hard work and the training was very, very good in terms of being resilient, getting all those no's and continuing. So within nine months, you promo- you got promoted to a manager, to an owner, sorry. Yep. And I also recall within a short period of time with from month nine to year four, you also opened three offices in addition to that, didn't you? That's correct. Was it I three op- or four? I, I, know. Um, I, I actually opened four offices. Oh, sorry, I, I, I opened
0: two there. in Melbourne, I opened one in regional Victoria and, and I also assisted opening one in New South Wales as well um so the goal was to build sales teams coach and develop um new consultants that were coming through um, for them to be able to generate enough uh, enough income to support a new sales office Um, so that's what we did Uh, the training was uh, basic training but it was continual training and it it was it was something that something that i believe was really important the basic fundamentals of sales So they taught you the basic principles of sales. So they called it the five steps back then and the eight steps to successful business habits. Um, So a lot of people that progressed in those roles, those fundamentals, they grasped them quickly. And I think coming from a hospitality background, dealing with a number of different people, for me, it uh, it was just about applying myself. And if I was
1: able to apply myself and put in the hard work, uh, the next steps were inevitable. It was actually amazing because I remember you even had these little pitch cards. So they wanted yep. us to really learn these things inside out. Yep. What were some of the um, key takeaways that you feel that taught you to excel in that role, but also taught others in the sales role? I think it was perseverance and understanding sales is about numbers. So
0: working through an, uh, working through a number of different clients to find your opportunities. And what what that did teach me was just perseverance. So understanding that not everyone, um, not everyone's gonna obtain the products that you actually had for sale, but understanding that there's people from all different walks of life
1: and how do you connect
0: with those different people
1: as so well. So it was mainly like a mindset and attitude. Definitely. And I think um, that hospitality background to be able to be personable and to speak to so many people would have really springboarded your, your, your uh, results in sales because I think People that are good in hospitality, in most cases, and I know you're definitely one of them, have exceptional people skills, which is probably one of your best attributes, in my opinion.
0: I think one thing that hospitality does is it, it really allows you to grow as a person. You're dealing with different people from all walks of life, and you, you need to understand how to deal with that, how to deal with those sorts of people, um, how to connect with different uh, how to connect with different people, um, how to give a little bit of yourself to get, to get from hand someone hand. else. A number of different things and problem-solving so the sales is about problem-solving client services cut customer service is about problem-solving so I, I think what hospitality taught me and what sales and marketing have taught me was um, it, it's a different approach for different people so uh, the importance of uh, I suppose understanding what uh, what clients were looking for and uh, being empathetic and um, it
1: really helped, uh, really helped with me. And obviously this listening skills is paramount whether you're in sales or hospitality. Yeah. So I, I know you worked extremely hard to build the four offices and what you did in the career. And in 2005, again, I know you thought, I want a new challenge and you got into real estate, which you're still in now, which was almost 20 years ago now. Tell us about that transition. Well, that transition
0: um, w- was probably due to yourself actually. Okay. Uh, I went to a, I went to your son's birthday party. <laughs> met with a, met with the director of your company, and he was talking to us about wanting to increase his sales and marketing. I do remember uh, that now. So, uh, uh, my wife at the time was explaining obviously my experiences coaching and developing different people. We had a large sales force back then, um, so she said, "Why don't you go and have a Why don't you go and have a chat to Zen? Maybe he can help you out with that." So. We had a conversation um, that day that was a hillside i remember yeah that's correct um i went into his office the following week uh, ex- explained to him about uh, a little bit about myself my experiences what i was doing currently uh within the sales and marketing organization and he said you know this is something that this is something that we want to venture into so i said fantastic let's um, give it a go um, I'm, I'm happy to start working for the organization. I had consultants that we could just br- bring across um, so we could start with uh, uh, getting a good understanding of I suppose clients that they were looking for. And I, I said a condition for me working within the organization would be to put me in the sales arm so I can get a good understanding of exactly what sort of clients we were looking for. Um, so I did that for around about a year. I remember yeah. um, working as a sales consultant seeing different people uh, around victoria talking to everyday mums and dads um, about investments about finance and property although i didn't have extensive experience in uh, in finance at the time um i, I did have some understanding
1: about property because uh, i'd invested previously myself and you owned quite a few properties as well you always loved property we all did well,
0: i i think that was uh, i think that was something that we saw from our father from our father and it was probably something parents. that he did later in life And uh, I suppose looking back and seeing the limited education, limited opportunities that he had, um, it really sort of gave us, I suppose it empowered us to say, well, if dad's able to do something like that with the education that we've been given and the knowledge that we can actually get, he built uh, a the property sky
1: portfolio yeah sky should be the limit for us and he gave us all the deposit to get into our uh, well my first property as a wedding present. i've said that story on many occasions but i recall i was a national manager at that firm and i remember i wanted to move on when i started the franchise and i remember my boss at the time said to me i want you to find me someone that's like you or as good as you i said there's going to be a challenge there and i think i thought of you straight away and then at that party this kind of happened pretty quick and then yeah. you came along he did speak to you, now i recall that and you worked for a year when I segued across and you actually ran that whole division as the national manager. And I think having um, all your sales experience, because I remember even when you are working with me, we've worked together on five occasions. I worked with Zen at hospitality. We worked together in real estate. I worked with Zen selling tickets. I remember one of the things that I learned most about you was, your people skills and I thought that's something that I really want to take to that level. Sales, I think we've always had a thing for, we've always spoken sales, so we've always bounced well off each other there. But real estate, you gravitated towards because you loved. But finance, you got to grasp with that very quick because within a year you segued across from working within that sales team to being the national manager there, which I think you did for quite a few years before you started your own company.
0: Yep, well I, as you were saying, worked in the sales arm for the first year um that's when you were transitioning um and opening up your own uh, company we'll look they're looking for a, a manager they're looking to open up a number of different locations across the country it'd been something that i've been sitting gold with. coast brisbane i think we opened three four offices together yep we opened up in Ashgrove in um brisbane we gold opened up coast, in ravina in the gold coast yep and then we went to um, new south wales and opened one up in sydney as well Got a good memory yeah so it was it was a great start because they were startups we were we were coaching and developing Real estate agents, Talent. finance, uh, finance brokers, planners, f- from start to finish. So it was uh, for, for us. It was a it was a great experience, uh, and I suppose learning uh, learning the ropes, uh, opening new offices from scratch was the best. Um, was something that was uh, it was something that was it was motivating. Uh, I remember when I first headed up to Queensland, in Ashgrove, I was up at four or five in the morning walking uh, walking the, walk the streets listening to anthony robbins cassettes getting motivated getting ready to go getting into the gym do my training session then heading out to the office starting with the training and developing of the staff heading out in the evenings doing um uh, doing piggybacks training all the different consultants um and you know really
1: really getting things going for it the organization it was competition without a position i remember me you and the director of the time would go out interstate would see clients together and would compete at our results do you remember all that yeah we always had a great time we would always see who could beat each other who could close the most and all three of us would always do well and I would always have an absolute blast it's good being surrounded with good people because competition without opposition creates that rivalry creates that competitiveness and I think definitely myself in and, and yourself and and our boss at the time taught us a lot of I taught me a lot in sales anyway I think there was a lot of things to learn the things
0: uh, things that I suppose we took into running our own business, pros and cons to different operators. Um, and what i what I tried to f- focus on was looking at the things that they did really really well and really focus on strengthening those things. but I also f- I also tried to focus on some of the things uh, some of the things that the organization didn't do so well. So some of the promises that they actually uh, that they would actually give out to clients that they weren't um, that they weren't fulfilling on the back end. And that was something that I said to myself,
1: okay, well, given another opportunity, this is something that I really want to strengthen. So that, and I guess I keep saying it back and anchoring, it anchors back to that customer service background It anchors back to that problem solving and which is kind of what sales is. Now from that transition, I know me and you went on to run our own businesses for many years, you ran a company that was involved with just under a billion dollars worth of real estate sales. I think you did well over a thousand sales across the board. Yep. you actually implemented all that, both you and my, uh, and our other brother as well, ran a company for many, many years. Was it, fifth, how many years? Was it? Uh, 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 just short of 18 years. Just short of 18 years, so almost 20 years you yep. went that. How You went from that to start your own business. What were some of the lessons that you learned there? Look, I think being self-employed for a number of years. Almost 25 years now.
0: I was conditioned to hard work. I was conditioned to different challenges that we'd face. Um, so it wasn't something that was new to me. Um, so when we first started the, when we first started the organization, um, uh, my brother actually said to me, look, we've been doing this for many years for other people. Why don't we just do it for ourselves? And I said, okay, to start an organization like this, you need, uh, you need good financial backing and you, yep. need good, uh, and you need good people within that organization. So through the contacts that I'd made, uh, over the course of my time in real estate and investments, I probably picked three or four people that I thought could really help us start cool the organization and build from there yep. um, and that's uh, and that's how we started. I worked in every department so worked uh, worked in property, oversaw so I got my real estate license. I, I although I wasn't a finance broker I oversaw the finance uh, the finance process, sat with clients got a good understanding of uh i suppose what they were looking for leads marketing all of those sorts of things and and i had experience in that previously so when i started the when i started the company i I sort of i was ahead of most people in the sense of i had the contacts to get things going um and i knew i had the work ethic to to
1: to really sort of take what were some of the biggest challenges you ever faced that you overcame or some of the biggest settles that you thought wow this is tough well, when we st- when we started
0: uh, when we started the company, first uh, I suppose really just getting those processes in place, um, fi- uh, making sure that the deals that we were doing were um, were good deals was it was good business. It was good uh, good um, uh, good practice, uh, making sure
1: that we weren't putting people in a situation um what they shouldn't be in so good deals you mean deals where people are making money so they can come back and keep buying because obviously i know your business was built a lot on referrals you had a lot of repeat business yeah and that's what you're referring to yeah over
0: 25 percent of our clients were multiple purchases um and i think that was just due to the systems that we had in place um making the clients understand that it was uh, it was a long-term play reviewing them on an annual uh, on an annual Um, Basis, uh, making sure we were doing our utmost uh, to do the right thing by our clients. So, the right selection in relation to properties, making sure that the financial institutions were kept honest. So, we were on the phones to the financial institutions every 12 months, checking that um, uh, they were on the right sort of products. With finance, there's a lot of product changes. So, making sure that um, compliance, regulation, all that stuff, all of those sorts of things. But also just making sure that if there are product changes, that clients were aware of those product changes. And if there are opportunities for them to start to save more money, to put them in a position to looking at something else to help them to continue on their uh, building wealth, that was something that we really focused on. So the review process for us was really strong.